I know that today by his grace, we will be blessed. Hallelujah. And anyone that is on the platform today, I know it's by the leadings of the Spirit of God that you are here, not because of any question, and you are here because you want to be blessed. Amen. And we pray that before you leave here today, that blessings will not, uh, you will not miss that blessings. Hallelujah. And I will encourage you by the grace of God that if there is a friend, if there is a brother, there is a sister, uh, somebody that you know that they need to be blessed, they need some support of prayer, uh, uh, it will be a great uh, honor you sending them the link and then they, them clicking on the link brings them here straight and then we can share together the word of God. Hallelujah. For Jesus Christ seeks such people. Hallelujah. He, his, his desire is that we can spread the love that he has shared for us, for us to come into the salvation of the Lord. We share the same love with the world. Anyone that comes into our domain, they experience the same thing. There are a lot of people out there who are desiring to know God more. But the chance or the opportunities that is available for them to do that is very slim because of the environmental factors. And therefore... You sending them on platforms like this, by the grace of God, begins to build hope in them and sense of confidence in what um, uh, the Lord wants to do in their lives. And they can trust in God more. Amen. I want to take a, a short moment and expound on some few things. Uh, <clears throat> the reasons to hope in God. The reasons to hope in God. Why do we have to hope in God? The Bible says that hope thou in God. Samuel says, did say that my soul, why are you quieted within me? And that was David uh, praying, uh, looking at the state of his soul. He had to uh, re-energize uh, his soul to come to the place of understanding that, listen, you've got to hope in God. Let not your confidence be in whom you feel that David is, but rather let your confidence be in God. So your hopes is in God. Hallelujah. And tonight, the, <coughs> the Lord has sent me, pardon me, <coughs> has sent me to come and share uh, some of the things that when you hope in him, what happens to you? Hallelujah. What happens to you? And I want to draw your mind to this fact that this world that we live in, in it was created by him. The Bible says that everything that is within uh, was made and fashioned by, uh, fashioned by him, which means that there is nothing known and unknown, tangible and intangible. Can we ever say that it was made by man? Even if man made it, God made the provision for man, man to do uh, those uh, things. So people of God, everything that we see here in our lives has a leading and a dealing with God. Amen. And amen. I remember a few uh, a few days ago, I was at work and we're in canteen, and there is this uh, a young man who who he, who knows who I am, and and there are, there's another one who does not know me, but he he's on a different shift, but he has changed his shift to, to working in night shift. Uh, and, and and they were arguing about God, the existence of God and everything. And I could, I could hear, because they were sitting behind me, 
I would hear the two of them arguing and saying all kinds of stuff. And then they turn around and say, hey, Mark, you here, come and listen. You are the one that can give us the answer. <clears throat> and the, the guy asked me straight away and said, uh, and said that uh, 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 this man says that there is no God. So uh, what do you think about it? What, what would you say? And I said, of course, there is no God. Why should there be a God? I made that statement like that. And I turned around and I focused on my food and I started eating. And this statement that I made, I made it sarcastically to let this matured man who is grown about 50 year old man to begin to think that nothing just happens. Hallelujah. Nothing just happens. So from that time on, he, he, didn't, he didn't take it so lightly because I said it with a straight face and a, a sense of anger in my heart because at, at 50 and all that, you've got to begin to rethink about life and everything and to know whether, there, you, you know, if you just put the God factor aside to begin to think that there's something out there, hallelujah, and nothing just happened. You can't come and tell me that a pallet of um, custard um, uh, toppings or millionaire caramel, uh, a whole pallet of millionaire caramel is being wrapped up properly, labeled in its uh, pails and everything, and it's going to Sainsbury shops or Costco shops, and you will tell me that nobody did it. Or I should go and find it in Tesco shop or Sainsbury shop or Costco shop or Kickbox or wherever uh, that we supply to. And then they said, oh, it just appeared, you know, and the custard thing just appeared. Hallelujah. Amen. And, and so it, it, was, it was something to put him to that place of beginning to think. Hallelujah. And, and we have come to that place where people feel that they have arrived, men feels that they have arrived, they have they can they can make the plane fly and go to destination. They can do this, they can do that. You know, they they, they some of them define the the odds of gravity and physics and all that. It just to try to prove a little bit of stubbornness against what God has set in motion. But people of God, I want to, to draw our attention to this fact that every single moment of our life, there is a God factor in every step of the way. Every single moment, every one minute, every 10 seconds, every moment of your life, every one second of your life, Every second of your life, there is a God factor in that moment. So let us not neglect the fact that we've got to acknowledge our God in the existence of our life. Let us never neglect that fact. We've always have to do this so that the glory of God can be made manifest through us. Amen. The scripture will put it this way, that we can obtain, is that they, they obtain the land, uh, not by their own strength. We've done that prayer, haven't we? Uh, I think it's, it's in 44, that they obtain the land, not with their own strength or with their own hand. hand. It's on Spotify, the, uh, the right hand of God. If you're, you're looking for it, the prayer point is on Spotify. The topic is the right hand of God. Hallelujah. And also leave Jacob alone. That prayer uh, is also on Spotify. So you can go there and listen to it and, and pray alongside with it. The hand of God is able to bring victory in our life. The hand of God is able to save souls. The hand of God is able to provide for our needs. So last Sunday, I told you about some of the seven 
things that the Bible says that the kingdom of heaven, which is the kingdom of our God, has made provision for his children about. And those provisions about were more to do with our future. Our future. Hallelujah. The Bible says that God, the kingdom of God, has plans for our future. That is what Jeremiah 29 uh, verse 11 will say, and 17 verse 7 uh, and 8 will also talk about similar thing, which means that there is always uh, something for the children of God to either for protection, either for provision of food, either for a sense of confidence and a sense of affirmation and assurance of our tomorrow. Hallelujah. So you are not an orphan who has got no help from anywhere. Hallelujah. But you are a bona fide child of God, whether you're a woman or a man, no matter where you are, what gender you carry, it does not matter to God. Hallelujah. So long as your life is preserved and saved by him, he will make sure that everything that you need in this life, you are catered for. But you've got to have a sense of hope in him. Hallelujah. You've got to have a sense of hope in him. So tonight, that is where we want to focus on tonight, and then we'll take a bit of prayer. But I want to draw your attention to something that the Lord spoke to me concerning uh, our world as we are in now. And I made a, um, a statement on this platform that everybody should begin to pile up, do a stockpile, because I saw that there was an attack and there was all kinds of stuff, and there was a sense of um, um, uh, even the water systems were polluted. Uh, and, and it took about three or four months, and we saw that in the news flash. I didn't see it. My wife saw it in the news flash that, hey, there is a water pollution in some part of England, I think the northern side of England. Uh, and this warning came sternly for people in England that they should be careful. So uh, if you come to my garage now, I've got bottles of water, plenty of them packed in there. I've got bags of rice. You know, my freezer is still full. Uh, and, and just uh, dry foods and all that are told us to get ourselves ready. People of God, this is not a joke. Just this afternoon, I received a, I received a message uh, from one um, trusted man uh, that I even call uncle. And he sent me a video. I have posted it on our platform, the Emmanuel Prayer Line platform. Please, when we finish, listen to that video. And you will see what is going on now as we speak. I didn't know this. I didn't have a clue about this. But it confirms exactly what the Lord spoke to me in November, December, uh, when we were doing our prayer and fasting uh, from the beginning of two days prayer and fasting in a week. If you remember that time, and then one of the days the Spirit of God spoke concerning the attacks that was coming in our world, the challenges, and even then he said, he said to me, he spoke to me and said that we should, we, we, if we can, everybody should find ways and means to own a land in Africa. Any part of Africa is okay, but not in Europe here. But if you can own a piece of land, because there's going to be a food shortage, there's going to be shortages of stuff and all that. How many of you remember uh, if you remember, please put up your hand. I remember, please. Ah, good. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you that one person remembers. Susie remembers. Uh, and I want you to realize this, that the thing that the Lord, oh, my brother, you were there. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, the thing that the Lord spoke is in eminent, is ongoing as we speak now. 
whatever the Lord said in those times, now that is about seven, or we are in the seventh month, isn't it? That is about nine months now. It's about nine months now. It is actually happening under current. At the moment, food prices have shot up, hasn't it? Uh, there is fuel shortages, isn't it? Yeah, these are the signs of things that the Lord spoke, and I want everybody to become aware of it so that when our confidence is coming, it will not be in any prophet or any wonder we can give a particular title to a pastor, pope, bishop, whatever. No, but rather in the Lord God Almighty who spoke that into existence to know that God is mindful of us. Hallelujah. It is sad that we are, we, we, a lot of people are not on the platform today to even attest to this fact, but I've posted it anyway. And I'll try and see if I can post it around as much as possible because people of God, we've got to be alert. But in this moment that we are in, the place that God wants us to be is to be able to have our confidence and our hope in him. If our hope is not in man, if our hope is not in our president, as I speak on Sunday or Saturday, was it Saturday afternoon? Oh, yeah, Saturday afternoon, the whole of the parliament of Sri Lanka was invaded by the, by the people. By the people. The people went to the parliament and they somewhere were, were swimming in the swimming pool of the parliament, some sitting in the parliamentary seats and all that, and everything. Maybe Jesus wants to come around. <laughs> Hallelujah. You know, so I want you to see the, the, the things that the enemy has set in motion going on across the world. And this church is quiet and we are not saying anything about it. The leaders of the communities are not saying much about it. And, and, and we are only focusing only one side of the equation or oh, the war in, in Iraq. In, uh, what you call it, the um, Ukraine and Russia, Ukraine and Russia, the two nations, Ukraine and Russia, it is important that we have to deal, uh, deal with it and pray, continue to pray for them. But listen, every other nation now is involved. Every nation now is involved. When we talk of America, America is now involved, UK is involved, even there are a lot of people that have been banned going to Russia, you know, things have been banned, you cannot sell to them, they cannot sell outside, I mean, and China is also underneath there, working its own way out, trying to fight uh, other things, and all kinds of mess going on now. There's something new called BRICS, where some China, um, India, uh, South Africa, uh, Russia, and uh, I forgot one more nation, uh, I think Brazil or so. Brazil or so, I think Brazil. Oh, I've forgotten which nation it was. Uh, you know, they have also formed alliance now on the, uh, on the side, and they are also trying to pull together their resources, their military might, their economic might, and their, their food resources, and all, as I speak now against NATO, against UN and all that, they are also doing their own, you know? So the world now is on the brink of total devastation. And we, the church, are the people that have got a voice that can turn this whole phenomenon around. But if our confidence in some is, is, is weakened and our trust in our God is weakened and we cannot hope in the Lord God who has called us, then where can we stand to cry out? 
unto him. And that can be a, a salvation or a turnaround. The church you very little, you very seldom hear anything about what is going on in our world now. All our focus is on is giving people motivation. But listen, there's going to be a time that these motivations will not matter much. It won't be long. These motivations that we are telling now, there's going to be a time that it wouldn't matter much how much motivational speech that I bring to you if one hand of yours is chopped off because of war or your, your food supply is cut off because of war or your, your, your source of electricity is cut off. As we speak yesterday, a few days ago, the whole system of um, oil to Germany has been switched off. Brother Putin says that he will not allow it. So he's turned off the taps. So now get your power. Let's see what will happen to you. And it's happening to almost all other nations that are connected to this um, side of town, side of the world. That's Russia. And I want to draw your attention to this. The Bible says something in Psalm 130, Psalm 130, Psalm 130, Psalm 130. Psalm 130. I think that uh, I think we can do the whole lot if we if we, we want, but we'll focus uh, on verse um, uh, 7 and 8. That is where our focus will be on, verse 7 and 8. But we can start from verse 1 and see what the, 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 the psalmist says. It's a song of decree and a five prayer of distress that the psalmist uh, put out there. Say, out of the depths have I cried out unto thee, O Lord. Lord, hear my voice. Let thy ears be attentive to the voice of my supplications. If thou, Lord, should mark iniquities, if you, God, should mark iniquities, O Lord, who shall stand? And I want to stress on this point a little bit. That if the psalmist is praying and crying unto the Lord and asking for help from the Lord, he wants the whole world to know that the focus of our God is not on how many wrongs and mistakes that you and I have done. That's one of the major weapons of the enemy reminding you in your ears or rehearsing your mistakes, rehearsing your errors, the things that you did by default or by negligence or by misunderstanding or by or lack of knowledge or lack of wisdom or even common your own initiative that made the error. The enemy uses that as a hammer in our ears and continuously hammer that in our ears. But the psalmist is saying that if God will mark iniquities every day, that he's got a book and a paper and a pen in his hands, ah, my brother Joseph, when the hell you, you said this to this lady, okay, I mark that. Ah, you, this girl, look at you, the way you, you, you shouted at this guy, yeah, I mark that. You look, you said this, look, in your mind, I, I could read your mind. And then, if God, this is the work of God, where would his mercy be? If this all that God is doing, people of God, there is more important things to God to do for you than your mistakes and your errors of the past or now and even the future. 
So if we are trusting in him, we have to trust on his mercy and his benevolence than his willingness to judge us and question us or to reprimand us or to kind of punish us in a way. That is not a job of our God. Hallelujah. He has set the systems in operations already. So if you do, it's like gravity. If you don't have your systems in place, you don't have any cushion underneath the house here, and you jump from top to bottom, thinking that, hey, you are doing that to spite God, we will see whose leg will be broken. So there is a system in place that the Lord has done to check God, the people, for us to respect who he is. But one thing that he expects us to do is to neglect on that side of us thinking about the errors of the past and focus on his love. Hallelujah. If the love of God shines brother and in your heart, your, your, your sins or the things that you have done will pale within the love of God because love seeks no error. Hallelujah. Love of God seeks no mistakes. The love of God seeks no, no place of, of judgment. No, the love of God actually, the Bible says that it covers multitudes of sins. Hallelujah. That is why he sent Jesus Christ to come into resistance of our life for us to see that those places of his love portraying out they will cover the mistakes and the weaknesses of our life and clean out all those blemishes and keep us a, a, a proper narrow path where we can keep going to the glory of his name. That is why Jesus came. That's all. To come and save you and I to, from our mistakes, from our sins, from our errors, and from all those mess. So God is expecting that everybody coming to him or calling upon his name will have this assurance in his mind to think that the Lord that I'm talking to is not a God of judgment against the children. No, he's a God of mercy. He's a God of love. He's a God, the love of God. Let me tell you something. The weakness of God, if you want to talk about the weakness of God, that's another depth of understanding of the love. That's the, about the fourth dimension or the fifth dimension of love, the meaning of love. That is the weak, the weak point of God. Love is the weakness of God. If you want to see the weakness of God in any sphere, it is the place of his love. Because of the love of God for you and I, even when we are yet sinners, the Bible says in Romans that Christ died for us. His love did not permit you and I to be killed. His love did not permit you and I to be chastised quickly. No, he wouldn't do that. He will not do that. So the place that we see sometimes is because the weakness that we possess and that the Lord possesses is his love. He shows his love so much to the point that he hasn't got much choice but to let the love speak for him. And so the sermon says that if the Lord should mark all iniquities, who can stand? Verse 4 said, but there is forgiveness with thee that thou mayest be feared, that with God there is forgiveness with him, so that everyone may fear him or may reverence him properly. Let's do five. Say, I wait for the Lord, my soul. My soul doeth, I will take it again. Say, I wait for the Lord, my soul doeth wait, and in his word do I hope, in his word do i hope and i like it the way he is using 
the, the other side of the equations of man, the, the, the second part of man, that is the soul, his soul. He is not talking about his body because the body can detect on some things, but the soul which transcends the information to the body must be the one that must be in the place of reverencing the Lord and waiting on the Lord. And so he says that his soul, his soul, he said, he's not talking about his spirit. He's talking about his soul. We know man is in, in three parts. That is the soul, the spirit, and the body. We have done that. I use an egg as an example. How many of you were here? Uh, and the Lord, the spirit of God gave me that revelation. So if you look at our logo on the screen now, it, lo it looks like this, the logo or the, 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 the distance of a, a, an egg. It, there's a lot of meanings to this logo. Uh, one day I'll show you all of it. Hallelujah. It's very fragile. And it's very powerful, it's very potent. You know, God told me that we are more like, like egg, you know, a little bit of heat that we're hiding up inside. And, and if, we, if he leaves us with him, we can flow easily. And if we if something shakes us, which is the storms of life, we mess up inside. We get confused inside. Hallelujah! It's the same thing. If you want to try it, pick up an egg, shake it, boil it, and then open it and take one that you did not shake and boil it and open it. You see, even with the egg cracking, the egg it's in three layers. We have the shell, and we have the the white that is the white in there, and we have the yolk inside. All of it speaks volume. The shell is the body. The white inside is the, the soul. And the yoke inside is the spirit. So when a man is being formed, oh, I'm still going back on this. If a man is being formed, it starts from the spirit. Hallelujah. And it's the same way when an egg is being formed. So when somebody tells me that there is no God, sometimes I, I don't know how, how to respond to that. Hallelujah. That nobody went inside the egg to put the yellow thing inside. And the white and the yellow could have mixed up together. Hallelujah. <laughs> and the shell on the, on the outside, who covered the shell and made it even harder? And yet God, with his infinite wisdom, managed to put all these things together to bring it to us, to explain some fact or some phenomenon to us, to let us know the, the faculty or the framework of a human being. Hallelujah. And so he, the psalmist now is saying that the soul is of a great importance because without the covering of the soul, there's no place that a shell will be of any importance. And without the shell, the soul and the spirit cannot also be contained. That is why every one of those areas, you've got to be careful with it, know how to deal with it. Hallelujah. You have to know the value and the value of your soul, of your spirit. And you have to know the weight of your soul. And you have to know also the, the the, the worth of your body. All these things are faculties. I think I will death or with all these things. Unfortunately, those ones are not on Spotify. So you might not be able to get it at the moment. Hallelujah. I'm trying to retrieve some of these materials and back on Spotify for us. And these are what God is expecting us. So the sermon was saying that my soul is waiting on the Lord. So if there is any place you want to wait on God to be effective, to have a sense of encounter with him, let your soul be involved. If the soul is fully involved in the waiting process, there is a sense of answer or there's a sense of, of, of reward 
plenty, plenty, plentiful from the Lord to your body and to your spirit as well. So it is important that the psalmist will have to draw our attention to this place. So verse 6 says this, My soul waited for the Lord more than they that watch for the morning. And he repeated the same statement. Yes, I say more than they that watch for the morning. I pray that let our focus and our heart begin to yearn for more of God. The soul, we have dealt with it, deals with three parts. The soul thing says, I think, I want, and I will. So those three parts of the things, I want, I will, and I feel, those are the things that the soul wants. The soul can do. So the Bible is expecting the soul to do this. He's expecting you and I to let all those feelings that we do have center in the place of confidence in God, our hope and our trust, our confidence in God. If we do this, then the full backings of heaven begins to arouse, to get to the place of activeness for the children who are trusting in him, who are believing in him, who are standing waiting for the salvation of the Lord. And so the Bible says that if we are doing this, there are a few things that we've got to come to the place of realization to it. Hallelujah. But let me finish uh, verse 7 and 8 uh, first. Verse 7, 6 this. So, so let Israel hope in the Lord. For with the Lord, there is mercy. For with the Lord, there is mercy. And with him is plenteous redemption. Number eight. And he shall redeem Israel from all his iniquities. So you can realize that our redemption from iniquities, from trouble, from shame, from disappointment, from all kinds of mess of life base, is, is based on our trust and our hope and our confidence in our God. And if your trust is in God, if your hope is in God and you're waiting on him, then that place of redemption begins to speak for you because you are relying on him to come through for you. I keep saying it this way, that Lord, if you don't help me, I wouldn't have help from anywhere. If you don't favor me, I wouldn't have favor from anywhere. If you don't open the door for me, I wouldn't have a door from anywhere. If you don't give me a husband, there will be no husband coming from any source. If you don't give me a wife, the wife will not happen. If you don't give me a job, a job will not happen. Even if God does not come through for you, who will be able to make it up for you? So he is telling Israel that, listen, do not rely on your strength, on your own, own or your own ability. But this is what you got to do. You have to let your confidence be in God. Let your hope be in him. And then with him said there is plenty of mercy with God. There is so much mercy. So if there's mistake, even with your life, you know that with God, there is a sense of mercy. So there are these points that I want you to keep up with you wherever you are. And when you are at that point where you want to fall or you want to quit or you want to uh, drop, you have to begin to have this at the back of your mind. That God does not mark iniquity for punishment without extending mercy. I'll, I'll take it again. 
our God, he does not mark iniquities for punishment without extending mercies. Number two, there is forgiveness with him. Your brother may not forgive you. Your sister may not forgive you. Some sisters on the platform can hurt, can get hurt, and, and, and you will not be forgiven. But with God, there is forgiveness with him. Hallelujah. God will forgive and he can forgive. So please go back to God. Don't go to men and don't run away from God. Go back to God. Hallelujah. Number three, there is mercy with God. There is mercy with God. Number four, there is plenty of redemption with our God. So if you feel that you are stuck and there's no place of salvation for you, God, there is redemption with him. And he knows how to redeem your life. So if it's a waste of life, waste of time, waste of effort, it is only with God that there is redemption of all these things. So anywhere that you are, any age that you find yourself, any place that you see yourself, remember that with God there is a sin, there is redemption with him. So he can redeem your time. The Bible says that, that he can redeem your, your wasted years. He said that the years that the cankerworms, the years that the caterpillars and the cankerworms have eaten at the Lord can restore. He can redeem your place of shame so, so that I will turn your mourning to uh, dancing and your shame into, into, into honor. So God with God, there is a place of redemption. So if you are leaning on God, he knows how to bring back whatever you have lost and anything that has gotten out of your hands, or even if it is time, he will bring everything back on, on point for you. I'm talking of out of experience. That God knows how to redeem the time, redeem your, your, your favor, redeem your, your status, redeem a whole lot of things concerning your life. So people of God, let us not behave as though that there is no help with our God. Hallelujah. And point number five, he shall redeem from all sins. So there is nothing too hard and too high for God to deal with it, to think that, oh, this sin is just too much. Mm, I don't know how to go back to God. This one is just so bad. Oh, Lord. Oh, no. I will run away. Listen, listen. If you run away from God, where would you hide? The Bible says this. That if I should run away from the Lord, the Samuel will say, that if I take the wings of the of, of the of the of the morning and fly, is it way up there? He is there. If you if you go down deep to the hedges, is it way down there? He is there. If you decide to go into the hind, the hinterland or whatever the outback or whatever they call it, the Lord is there. Where can you hide from His presence? So your best bet is for you to get back to him, closer to him and say, listen, Lord, I have to be honest with you and open up. Somebody destroyed something yesterday and the person told us that his, his mere finger broke a whole screen, a, a toughened glass screen that we use. And and everybody, I didn't say anything, but everybody that was standing there, all the leaders that were standing there, could not compute and understand. As they said, listen, even this knife is difficult for knife to even crack this thing. How could your finger crack it? So with God, if you come to God and you open up genuinely to God, 
That's all that he wants. It's not your, it, listen, what is it that you will hide from him that he does not know? But he wants you to acknowledge your state where you are and let your hope be in him and then open up to him genuinely and his mercy will kick in straight away. His mercy kicks in straight away and to preserve your life and make your life worth living. People of God, where can you hide from him? Where? You can, you can try to go far and far away. That far that you are going, he is there. So it, it is in our own interest to begin to allow his mercy to speak for us and to draw us to the place of understanding that hope comes from the Lord and we shall hope in him. We shall let our soul wait on the Lord for his mercy. We shall let our life rely on him. So the psalmist will say that the Lord himself shall redeem us from all our iniquities. You can't redeem yourself. I have never seen anybody standing in the mud washing themselves and they come out clean. It does not happen. Hallelujah. You cannot stand in the dust and then decide to clean the dust and still be in the dust and be clean. It does not happen. Let the mercy of God speak for you. Let the hand of God uphold you. Let the Lord himself take you out of every predicament. Let your mercy, you let your whole heart rely on the Lord. Let him be the one that takes absolute control over your life. I like the way David will put it. He says, now listen, I'm at your mercy. I am at your mercy. If you help me, I shall be helped. Lord, I have sinned. And to you alone, my iniquity I present. And that is what the whole game comes in that play. When David makes an error, he comes back to God and tells him, listen, Lord, I didn't do it well. I'm wrong. You are right. If you kill me now, I'm, you are right to kill me. But please, I plead for mercy. And his mercy will speak for you. Hallelujah. It is not in the end. He's not like the other gods that when you offend them, they kill you. If you are serving any foreign god, say that he wants you to be here at 6 o'clock, 6 a.m., and then you do not come. And, and 10 o'clock, you are still, and then you, they can kill you. He says, okay, we need a blood of men. And you don't bring the blood. Then they will kill you. But with God, if, even if he gives you an assignment, there is second chance with him. Even if you mess up the first time with God, there is another chance with God that he can open a portal for you, that you can set your foot back again. So please, wherever you are and whoever is listening to me today, I want you to draw your heart back to God and let him take full control over your life. And say, Lord, I am coming back to you as a prodigal son. Whatever it is that I have done against your will, against your purpose, against your plan or stubbornness, anything that I have done, that is no right that I shouldn't have done. Lord, you are right and I am wrong. Let's start from this point and let your message speak for me. And let's see what God will not do. But if we don't do this, then it gives the enemy an upper hand and he begins to work in our lives with all kinds of negativity, all kinds of challenges, all kinds of difficulties because there is a gap. We have cut ourselves away from the commonwealth of, of, of Israel or from the connection and the link of our protection. And so the sin factor has created a gap. And so the Bible says that let our hope be back in God, not in ourselves or trying to correct it. It won't happen. You cannot correct it, your own error, because we are too weak as a flesh. 
to be able to correct anything of the spirit. The spirit is what deals with the spirit and flesh is flesh. So people of God, if there is anything for you to reconnect, what you need is your soul to let the soul factor get involved with the whole aspect of your life and let you hope in God and let God come through for you and you'll be able to stand back on your feet to do what God is expecting from you. This is the message that the Lord wants us to have with him. It's the essence of our hope in God, that if we can put our confidence in God, if we can put our trust in God, if we can put our confidence in God, if God can come through, if you want God to come through for us, let us zero back in on him and let him be the one that judges. Lord, you are the only one who judges. Somebody came asking me questions that what is your opinion? I said, I don't know. I don't have one. Well, all that it is is that I'll just have to look into the Bible and connect it to what God says. And the moment I said this, the person began to understand and realize that, yes, it is with God who judges. And I said, listen, it is not my place to judge a sister or a brother. Listen, if somebody has made an error, an error of judgment, you have no idea how the state of the mind of that person was at that time of making that mistake. So if you pick up a stone and you're going to stone the person, please look into your life also and see if there is no error with you, then you can cast the first stone then you have the right to really punish or judge the person. But if there is something also hmm, lacking somewhere in your eyes, then please go, 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 go deal with your own issues first, and then you can be able to have a clear eyes or clear sight to be able to help others. Else, let all of us, our focus and our hope be in God. Let God be God in our lives and let the world be whatever they want to be in Jesus' mighty name. By so doing, we can magnify God in our life and Jesus Christ will be exalted in our life. That is the purpose of the death on the cross of Calvary, that the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from all sins of any kind, of any sort, of any capacity and any gravity. Jesus' blood can restore your life back on track with God. If only you can acknowledge, if only you can acknowledge your stand with God. The essence of hope in God. If we could do this, that's what God expects. So this is what God sent me to share with you today. If you feel that this message is having a, 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 a statement in your mind and in your life, I want you to share it with a brother that, listen, this may be of help to you. Please pass it on so that people will not run away from God, but they will run back to God because the enemy is using their past error to hit them far away and moving them far away from the true God. Else we will lose a lot of brothers, a lot of sisters, a lot of friends, a lot of families because they are far away. The enemy is using their errors, their mistakes to hit hard on them. The things that's going on within their heart is really, really way out there. They don't want to get closer to God because the sense of guilt is ticking in and waging war against them. But today, if you can turn around, look up to Christ and say, Father, you are the only one who can save my life. This mess that I've made is only you who can clean it. Help me out. The Lord will be in that place to help you.
is merciful God, let the essence of our hope in God speak for us. In Jesus' name, amen.